Hello and welcome to the Film Classification Podcast from the BBFC. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You must unlearn what you have learned. The first rule of Bike Club is, you do not talk about Bike Club. This is podcast number 23. My name is James Blatch, your host, uh, as ever. And joining me as my co-host this week is a man from the very top echelons, on the second floor, which is the floor of power, isn't it, David Austin? Allegedly. Assistant, yeah. hello, hello, James. Hello, assistant director. And I'm not going to do the gag about assistant to the director. You are actually the assistant director. I'm, I'm one of the assistant directors, yeah. One of the assistant directors um, of the BBFC. And one of the reasons we've got um, Dave along today is that there's actually been some fairly significant moves in an even more important building in Downing Street, which we'll talk about in a moment um, in our news section. But I just want to flag up that we are going to talk about a really interesting uh, subject today, which is film classification around the world. So not just uh, here in the UK. We like to think we are... I think technically we are the second oldest in the world. David Cook always points out that Sweden got there just before us. We're actually the oldest now because Sweden, has, Sweden has changed. Yeah, the, the classification board has evolved into something else. And, so we're now uh, claiming so we first now, place. We're now the, the, um, <laughs> the most senior. Okay, the most senior. <laughs> and uh, But how films and video are classified in different countries speaks a lot about uh, different cultures, um, not just here in Europe but across the world. So that will be our main subject in a moment. But we are going to talk about um, some of the news items. We're going to start with a speech that the Prime Minister David Cameron made uh, here in the UK uh, last week where he mentioned the BBFC. And this is all about music videos, uh, Dave. Just explain to us what the Prime Minister has said. Well, he has said that um, there will be a pilot project being launched on the 1st of October, which will involve us, a number of record labels and and a couple of platforms for the voluntary age rating of... Uh, music videos being distributed online. So what the, the reason that he chose the 1st of October is that that's the day that the Video Recordings Act will change to require that any uh, video that had previously been exempt from classification um, that contains content unsuitable for younger children will have to be classified by us. So that includes music videos, uh, certain sports videos like cage fighting, um, documentaries, things like that. So the the law will the, the change in the law will come into effect on the first of October, and that's when we will launch this voluntary pilot project for the age rating of um, music videos that we we would classify twelve or above. Okay, let me just deconstruct this slightly. We have talked about the exemptions over the last few years. It's been um, uh, much discussed as um, these changes always are before they come into force. So. For a long, you know, since 1984, whenever the first uh, VRA was passed, the exemptions talked about certain categories of films. So sport, uh, music video was one of them. Um, history, I think, or ed- education, education was, was yeah. mentioned. So if your work fell into those categories, um, in fact, before I joined the BBFC, I made a documentary and we exempted it because it was a documentary and it was historical, then it didn't need to come to the BBFC. Now, the trouble with that, as we discovered... You could, in theory, I mean, for years, you could have had history documentaries about the Holocaust with very distressing images that weren't age-appropriate for children, and yet it was exempt. But perhaps more prevalent in more recent times has been the proliferation of uh, wrestling videos. There were some self-defence-type videos that nobody in their right mind, frankly, would look at and think that this doesn't need to go through some form of film classification. Exactly. I think back when the law was passed in 1984... 
your typical sports video might be the FA Cup final or uh, quite remote. violent on occasions, <laughs> <laughs> but not just in the eighties. Not in the eighties. No. Um, but uh, the content has changed beyond all recognition. We now have sort of backyard um, fighting, uh, cage fighting, um, mixed martial arts, self defence. We've uh, the content of music videos has changed enormously. So the law cha- the law remained the same, but the content moved on, and there was quite a lot of public concern about the content of. Uh, these videos that were not being classified and were not being age restricted in any way and children accessing them. So the government consulted um, the public and industry um, about whether a change in the law was required and the response the government got back from pretty much everyone was yes, please do uh, improve child protection in this area. And even so, the, we should point out, even the retailers and, and organisations yep. that may traditionally have opposed further absolutely, regulation absolutely. could see the merit. The the, uh, the the video industry supported this change, uh, the music industry supported this change, retailers did, as well as members of the public and, and child protection groups. So it was almost universal support for change in the law to improve child protection, and that is the change that's coming into play on the 1st of October, so that any... Uh, video that contains content that is unsuitable or potentially harmful for those under the age of 12 will, from the 1st of October, have to come to us for classification. So what we would have classified 12, and you can use the guidelines to make your own assessment in the way that examiners do in this building. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So going back to my documentary where I think there were two uses of bloody in there, and I thought at the time I did look into it, but had that, for instance, been the F word, that would now fall under... So we were we would still be okay to exempt that documentary. So that's Two okay. Yeah, yeah. We, is, you know, is, uh, an hour and a half a, that's documentary. A, that's a PG word. It's a PG word, and I can tell that looking at the. I don't, you don't need to be an examiner to work that out looking at the um, uh, the guidelines. But two uses of the F word that would now, for instance, fall under uh, BBFC. Correct. And we can never talk about physical media without talking about the online world because there's a huge transition across to uh, the digital world. So how is this going to impact in the way that people distribute online? Well, the change in the law only applies to physical media. Um, However, we've been working with the uh, mainstream video industry now since 2008 to bring online age ratings to content being distributed online. That um, is a voluntary arrangement and is working uh, extremely well and we, we're having increasing numbers of content providers using this voluntary service and increasing numbers of platforms. Some of those platforms are using parental controls linked to BBFC age ratings, so Netflix do that, iTunes do that, so parents can ensure that when their children are on these particular platforms that content that we've rated, for example, for 15 or 18-year-olds will not be access, able to be accessed by their, their younger children. Yeah. I mean, it's still a little bit of a minefield for parents. It's getting easier to navigate. Um, the one thing I've noticed is that what you really need is, well, my children notice this, is their own iPads. Because otherwise you can end up switching parental control on and off quite a lot. And mm. that makes it a little bit unworkable. But my yeah. daughter's worked this out quite. She said, Dad, <laughs> I found a reason why I need my own iPad. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's usual parental things okay so go to go back to the mechanics of this music video pilot specifically um which the i know the prime minister talked about because he's addressing very much parental concerns and a couple of uh, prominent uh, musical artists come to mind in the way that they perhaps push the limits on what's contained in their music videos how is this pilot going to work 
Well, we are setting up, we've got till the 1st of October to ensure all our systems are in place and that our partners are ready to go. So what what, what will happen is that um, the participants in the pilot, the record labels that are taking part, which are um, Universal, Warner and Sony, will submit to us any uh, content from their artists that they consider would attract an age rating of 12 or above. Um, we are providing guidance based on our guidelines and based on the uh, the new law about what what content we would classify twelve and above to help them make the make the right determination. We will then classify that content um, for the, the those record labels and two platforms, uh, namely Vivo and YouTube, have agreed to display those age ratings. The pilot will last for three months, after which we will together with our, our partners in the pilot, evaluate um, the success of it. And we will also um, seek the public's views, whether they've found, um, whether they've seen the ratings, whether they found them helpful, whether they would like to see uh, an expansion to have more, more record companies involved, more platforms involved, more artists involved. So we'll consider all this at the end of the pilot, uh, at, sort of, at the very beginning of 2015, and then collectively decide where we go from there. Okay, and Vivo, if people aren't familiar, I mean, on, if you search for a music video on YouTube, it's very likely to have been displayed to you, distributed in that sense by Vivo, yeah. uh, a company that sprang up very quickly and adapted themselves to um, the digital world. So we'll see if that has an impact. It'll be interesting to hear from um, listeners of the podcast, whether they've come across it, whether they see it, what they think about it. You can always email us, podcast at bbfc.co.uk. Okay, busy time in the legislative front. Um, uh, Dave Austin, let's just mention before we move on the uh, advert, because if you've been to the cinema in the last few weeks, you may be familiar with this. Could you spot the 12-year-old in a lineup? It can be tricky, because they're all so different. And because no two 12-year-olds are the same, we have 12A. Yeah, that's the BBFC's adverts playing uh, through August, September, October, I think, uh, in cinemas in the UK. Um, I've got to ask the first question, as the old journalist in me would be. This is no doubt quite an expensive venture for the BBFC. Why have you done it? We've done it because when we carried out our major guidelines consultation in 2013, so this is a big public consultation involving around 10,000 people, and they tell us what they think are the right, what sort of content is accepted, all the different age categories. Um, quite a few of them were still confused about the, what the 12A rating means. Now the, the 12A rating is 12 years old this year. So we thought on the back of um, what the public told us in the consultation, uh, we would um, try and explain better than we have done so far what, what 12A actually means. We, we found that around three quarters of people, or just over three quarters of people, are pretty clear what it means. But this, that still leaves around 25% of people that are still don't know what the A means. Is it, are, are 12A films suitable for under 12s? Uh, so the advert, which um, we are running in, in cinemas, and, and we'd, I'd like to thank Pearl and Dean and DCM who are carrying the adverts free of charge, because we are a not-for-profit organisation, so we don't have vast amounts of money. Um, so I'd like to thank them. And th that will run in cinemas to explain to people what, what the 12A rating means. You'll also find it online on our website. Yes, there's a link on site. I, I think it's a very effective advert as well. And um, 
I wouldn't say long overdue because that sounds critical, but it's certainly been uh, an issue in the whole time that I've been at the BBFC, this understanding about the 12 and 12A, and it's frustrating. Um, every time I talk to students, you know, you ask, what's, what's the actual difference in 12 mm. and 12A? It takes a while for people to come up with the fact that the red 12 is video, the 12A is a cinema, and then yeah. quite what 12A means. So, Okay, um, well, there was work to do in that area, and that is being done. And there's no point in having a classification system if it's not understood and being used. So it yeah. goes hand in hand with the work that we do here. To help you decide, our BBFC Insight has detailed information on every film released in the UK. OK, Dave, uh, as uh, flagged up, let's talk about film classification, not just in the UK, but uh, around the world. I mean, firstly, it is quite different, isn't it? It's the first thing to say. It's not an obvious point to make. There's a you might talk about a homogenised world and people get off aeroplanes in, in foreign cities now and see a fast food outlet and think the world's becoming the same. But actually in this area, it's still quite starkly different, isn't it? There are, quite, there are some quite stark differences. If you look, um, even in Europe, although um, many films will get the same or very similar classifications, we all use different methodologies. We look at different issues. Um, and if you take... Uh, for instance, the UK on one side and France on the other, there are some quite stark differences. 95% of films that are classified in France receive a rating that means they're appropriate for all members of the public. 95%. 95%, yeah. Uh, get a U or PG equivalent, roughly. So can you give us some examples of films that have gone through a U or PG equivalent in France that would have got a higher rating here? Sure, I was, I've just come back from my summer holiday in France and I went to the cinema. I went to see the film Lucy, uh, which is a 15 in the UK, which is a U equivalent in, in France. Um, and um, also showing at the cinema was the new Planet of the Apes film, which is a 12A here, which again was a U in France. So um, France is at one quite distinct end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, other European countries um, tend to be more restrictive than France. Can I ask, can I, ask I don't know whether you, I mean, you, do you speak French? Is that why yes. you went to the cinema in France? So I, you, I saw it in the uh, subtitled original version. Okay, oh, okay. But maybe you have a, a slightly more nuanced understanding of the French culture than I do. But is this because they don't see this as an issue for children? Or is it because they see a family role in deciding what to go and see at the cinema as more important than a state regulation? They see, they see cinema very much as an art form that should be accessible to all. Um, well, as, as, as do we. Um, but they just have a, a, a very, very different way of, of classifying yeah, film. Just reluctant um, to put a category on them. There's, it's, it's, um, I, I actually spent some time at the French Classification Board and I watched with them a film that we had classified 15 in the UK, a film called Black Books by Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. And it hadn't at the time been classified in France. And I joined the classification screening and discussion afterwards. And it involved around 30 different organisations, including representatives of parents' groups, of religious groups, of uh, directors and other filmmakers. It's a very, very big group. Um, whereas in the UK, when we classify, here at the BBC, when yeah. we classify film, it's two examiners, two professional examiners that sit down and watch the film and base it on guidelines. There are no guidelines right. in the French system. It's just very, very different. I've got an image of people smoking <laughs> a gauze and shrugging, but uh, let's not go down the stereotype route too much. Okay, so France, as you say, is at one 
end of the way the classification works. Very laissez-faire mm. is the uh, appropriate word. Um, I've noticed, I think, Germany's quite close to us in, in some ways, aren't they? G- Germany has... Um, if, if you look at the ratings that we've given to individual film titles and the ratings that Germany's given, they are often very similar. Uh, we are quite close to Germany in the standards we apply. They have... They are particularly strict in a couple of areas, stricter than pretty much any other country in Europe, and this is to do with their 20th century history. Yeah. Um, and those areas are violence and discrimination. And there have been um, films over the years, uh, and the same is true of video games as well, the video game classification body takes um, takes these issues into account probably more than... than um, other video games uh, regulatory bodies. So over the years there have been a number of, of, of films and games that have received a, a higher classification in Germany than almost anywhere else. Um, th- there's one video game that we classified many years ago that was based on the Little Britain TV series. Mm. And in, in this video game there's a mini game where you play Daffid and the object of the game, you were cycling along, the object of the game was to knock uh, over all the other gays because you yeah. want to be the only gay in the village course, yeah. so we gave this overall the game got a 12 in the uk um and it got a 12 under peggy the, the pan-european games uh, rating system in germany it got an 18 on the grounds that this this particular mini game with daffid was highly discriminatory against homosexuals right um so there's an example but of they it. didn't take the comedy into account maybe it didn't translate i don't think it translates <laughs> particularly well in that case it's a rather nuanced british thing but, but there was a there was a film that was that was released um a year or so ago called avengers assemble yeah which um got a 12 a rating or 12 rating or it's equivalent across many european countries um and we classified it 12a in the uk without any cuts in germany there was a there was a slight cut to one sequence in which a character is stabbed in the back and you don't see the stabbing itself but you do see a knife emerging from the victim's chest Uh, and that um, knife which was obviously a CGI knife was removed for the German classification but not anywhere else in Europe Um, so that's a that's a small in order to secure a 12 rating because it would have had it it not had that cut it would have been a, a higher rating in Germany so there's another example of where Germany can be stricter than anywhere else because of its unique history and cultural sensibilities. And it's worth saying, before we go on and talk about one or two other countries and areas, um, that we do work alongside our our colleagues in other countries. In fact, there's an international classifiers conference um, from time to time. Do I talk to us about that every year? I think we do that. Pretty much every year there's there's an international conference that brings together film classification bodies uh, and increasingly games classification bodies from around the world. And we, we get together and we discuss um, a range of issues from you know, child development to how we classify depictions of smoking and alcohol in films. Um, we work together on a number of projects. So we're working with, with NICAM, which is the Dutch regulator in particular, on a project for age rating, user-generated content online. Um, but so we're getting together. Everyone is getting together in Norway um, in a couple of months' time, and the theme of this conference is sort of the rights of the child and classification for for children. Okay. And we'll be giving a presentation on how we consult uh, teenagers as part of our research into attitudes towards classification. We've just talked about some fairly stark differences between countries, and yet you work together on an annual basis on key issues. Do you think there can be a coming together and maybe a European-wide system at some point? 
I think it's very unlikely. I think the differences, although there are many similarities, there are there are key differences. And one of the differences is, for example, uh, the issue of language. Now, many countries in Europe do not take into account language uh, in terms of classification. All they're looking at is, is this film or video likely to harm a child mm. in any way? They're not looking for, is it suitable for a child? So we've had uh, films that we've given a restrictive classification to in the UK and Ireland and in countries like the United States and Australia because of strong or very strong language which simply doesn't register in other countries because they consider that the only issue that matters is harm. So that's that's one difference. But the work that's going on in the EU at the moment is not really towards harmonisation, it's towards respecting national cultural differences and sens sensitivities and while improving coordination. So I think this user-generated pilot, which is an EU initiative, is actually quite a good yeah. example of that. So. And this adapts itself, doesn't it? Depending on where you are. Exactly, the, the age rating changes yeah. From, yeah. from country to country. So the, the, the genesis of this project was um, a uh, something called the CEO Coalition for Making the Internet a Better, Safe Place for Kids. Natty, so, yeah, Natty need to work on the PR. Trips, trips, trips off the tongue. So Commissioner N Nellie Cruz uh, set this up. So she got this, the chief executives of just over 30 major media players including Sky, the BBC, uh, Mediaset in Italy, RTL in Germany. So big, big Vodafone players, the, the Vodafone, all, the, all, these, all these players to make the internet a safer place and a better place for kids. One of the working groups was looking at increased use of age ratings online. And we and our Dutch colleagues in NICAM were tasked with creating a tool for enabling users to rate either their own user-generated content or other, other user-generated content, um, which was quite a tall order. But we, we, we worked something up and we are now working with Ireland and with Italy on a tool. And it's a very simple questionnaire that consists of six questions and then a number of sub-questions. And the issues in the questions are to do with things like violence, discrimination, sex, um, language, a, a range of issues, drugs. Um, and the questions are the same wherever you are in the world. That's, that's the idea behind it. So for industry, it's a one-stop shop, so any global player can use it. But the results will depend, will be different depending on where you are. So Italian concerns about um, drug misuse and language are different to British, the British public's concerns about language and drug misuse. So um, the age rating will be different. Um, so at the moment, what's, what's happening with this tool is that it's being uh, trialled in Italy. So Mediaset, which is um, a big, a, a massive media company in Italy, uh, owned by uh, Mr. Silvio Berlusconi, yeah. um, is, is trialling this, this tool on, its, on, on a platform it runs called 16mm, which is a platform that consists exclusively of user-generated content. It's like a mini YouTube. Um, and users so the tools up and running in on, on media sets and it has been for three or four months now and users are able to to age rate content on that platform by answering a series of questions and the, the, the rating is automatically generated instantaneously so what we found in in this pilot so far is um around three percent of users are voting for 
different age ratings. They don't actually say, I think this should be a... No, a but the result of their the results inputs, are, yeah. yeah. So um, that's quite promising. Yeah, that is. That's, a, that's um, surprising in some ways yeah. that there's so much coming together of views, yeah. of common views. So, so at the moment we're in phase one of the pilot, which is enables viewers themselves to age rate other people's content. Phase two will give uploaders themselves, yeah. so the people that upload the content, the right to rate their own, their own content um, as well as users. And phase three of the pilot will be that uploaders will have to rate their own content, and if they don't rate it, it will not be uploaded. Yeah. And, and Mediaset want to see which works best for their business model, which works best for their users, and we'll, again, we'll be evaluating that pilot um, in 2015. Okay, well, we're running out of time, um, Dave, and it's an interesting um, subject. I just want to finish, actually, with a quick talk about the USA. The reason is that it's you know a lot of movies come out of the United mm. States. Um, the MPAA and us have a v- almost, uh, not identical, but very similar system. It's the 15-18 where it goes slightly divergent. But PG-13, 12A, I've noticed in my time here that a number of big films that are aimed at that 12A, PG-13 market will work hard either in the UK or the United States, sometimes both at the same time, to secure that. And then they seem to lock that version that goes around the world. And that that seemed, well, that's quite good for us in the sense that we are looked at as being a rather key classifier in, the, in global terms, aren't we? Mm. Yes, I think I think we are. I mean, the, the USA is a very interesting example because there are some quite stark differences between how we classify and how the USA classifies. The first difference is that classification in the USA is... Is, uh, is voluntary, you don't have to have a film classified. Um, the second thing is that the ratings that go up to R, which is restricted, you can go, anyone of any age can, can see those films, provided they're accompanied by an adult, whereas our 15 rating and our 18 rating say, no, you have to be over that, you have to be that age or above in order to see them. The, the way classification works, I mean, the issues that have concerned in the US are broadly the same as here, but there are some nuances. So the US, the MPA tends to be a little bit stricter on sex and sexual content than, than we are here. And they are arguably less strict on issues such as horror and violence than we are. Um, and that can lead to issues here where a film that is particularly, that is that contains horror or violence that gets a PG-13 rating in the States, the expectation from industry is that it will get a 12A rating here. And often it doesn't. So we have films like, a recent one is World War Z, mm. the, the Brad Pitt film, which got a PG-13 rating in the States. And, and a key part of the reason it got that rating is you see very little blood and gore on screen. It's very uh, cleverly shot and edited so that the, the amount of red stuff on screen is actually pretty small. Um, and that was very important, the lack of bloody detail to, to, in the US to get the PG-13 rating. However, when it came here, we, accept, you know, we could see that it was edited in, in, in that clever way. However, tone, the impact of the film is very strong indeed. It's a pretty terrifying, relentless, families and people being pursued by zombies almost the entire length of the film. It's, it, and, and it's that intensity that we, the intensity of the viewing experience that the public has told us they want to take into account and that we do take into account that isn't really taken account of in the US. So it got a 15 here for, for that reason. Yeah. So, and, and Drag the, Me to Hell is another example. Drag Sam Raimi horror one. film, yeah. 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 Which got a PG-13 in the States. 
but we felt couldn't be containable at less than 15 under our guidelines yeah. based on based on public consultation and there have been similar films of that ilk that have got a PG-13 in the States and 15 here yeah okay well look we've uh, the 30 minutes has, has raced by in this uh, edition of the podcast Dave Austin thank you very much indeed for taking us a global tour of um, on a global tour of uh, film classification it's a pleasure and we've got some exciting news and, and pilots in the future so we'll uh, we'll see how they develop you can always get in touch with us here uh, it's podcast at bbfc.co.uk thank you very much indeed to our editor Catherine Anderson we will be back uh, probably October very see you good. then <laughs> thanks James bye